Hello, and welcome to the This Happened Today in History podcast. I am your host, Mr. Miller. This podcast will cover a number of topics that happened on this date in history. Please visit the podcast webpage at thishappentoday.buzzsprout.com. There you can download the notes page, which will help you organize the information, as well as develop your own ideas on how these events change the world around us. If you're interested in hearing more, please consider subscribing so you will not miss out on what happens tomorrow in history. Today is April 2nd. In 1801, 12 British ships commanded by Horatio Nelson aboard HMS Elephant engaged with Danish ships following an agreement between Nelson and the Danish commander. Crown Prince Frederick to call a truce, Nelson landed in Copenhagen and on May 19, 1801, was awarded the Viscount Nelson of the Nile in Burnhamthorpe in the county of Norfolk. The Battle of Copenhagen in April 2nd of 1801, British naval victory over Denmark in the Napoleonic Wars. There were several reasons for the animosity between the countries. The armed neutrality treaty of 1794 between Denmark and Sweden, to which the Russia and Prussia adhered in 1800, was considered a hostile act by England. Conversely, while at war with France during the Napoleonic Wars, Britain's naval operations against the French trade also hurt neutral nations' shipping. Such hostility brought Britain into conflict with Denmark in 1801, resulting in a successful British attack on Copenhagen and shortly after the demise of an anti-British alliance. In early 1801, Russia, Prussia, Sweden, and Denmark formed a coalition to protect their own shipping and cut Britain's surprise from the Baltic of timber and other products vital to the Navy. The British sent a fleet to break the coalition. Admiral Hyde Parker, a suitably senior but rather unenterprising officer, was in charge. Admiral Horatio Nelson was his second in command. The fleet reached Denmark on the 21st of March. After fruitless negotiations, Nelson, on board HMS Elephant, led 12 ships of the line on an attack on the Danish ships and land batteries near Copenhagen on the 2nd of April. The plan was bold because the British were moving into shallow waters without proper charts. Three British ships ran aground in the early stages. Parker thought Nelson's force was taking unacceptable losses and ordered him to retreat. Nelson, who was blind in one eye from an old wound, made a joke about not being able to see the signal flags and fought on, thereby ignoring Parker's orders. By late afternoon, the Danish were taking a battering, and the British were in a strong position. They reopened negotiations with eventual success and were aided by the news that Tsar Paul of Russia had been assassinated. His successor, Alexander, was known to be more pro-British. The Battle of Copenhagen is often listed as one of Nelson's great victories. It was scarcely that the Danes were far from beaten, but it did help and end an important threat to the British power. Losses, Danish, 12 ships captured or destroyed, 1,700 dead or wounded, and 2,000 men captured. British lost several ships grounded but later refloated and had 1,000 dead or wounded. In 1980, following increases of petrol in the mid to late 70s, President Carter urged Congress to create legislation that would take advantage of the oil industry's high profits. The Crude Oil Windfall Profits Tax Act did by collecting roughly $227 billion over the next 10 years. Under the pretense of protecting consumers from greedy big oil, some of the industry's congressional critics have raised the possibility of reinstating a tax on windfall profits. But the attack dogs might do well to consider the consequences of such punitive measure. Attacks on profits would do more harm than good, a lesson we learned a quarter century ago. In 1980, 
President Carter signed in, into law the Crude Oil Windfall Profit Tax Act, which established excise taxes as high as 70% on the difference between the market-determined price of oil and a lower price set by law. The tax was dropped in 1987, but according to the Congressional Research Service, almost $80 billion was drained from the industry's income statements while it was in effect. Money that could have been invested in new oil and gas production and to expand refining capacity was instead diverted to Washington. It should come as no surprise that oil production fell. In fact, 1.6 billion fewer barrels of crude oil were produced in the United States from 1980 to 1987 than would have been produced otherwise. American dependence on foreign oil rose apace. However, tempting as it may be for populist politicians to meddle in energy markets, almost anything Congress does will only make a bad situation worse. Oil and gas productivity is a risky business, as Katrina and Rita, the two hurricanes, demonstrated so vividly. Despite the industry's above-average risk expo exposure, big oil is not extraordinarily profitable. According to Businessweek and Oil Daily, averaging, average industry earnings were 7 .0 cents per dollar of sales in the second quarter of 2005, also a time of relatively high gas prices. During that same quarter, by comparison, banks earned 19.6 cents, pharmaceuticals 18.6 cents, software and related services 17, semiconductors 14.6 tobacco and beverage 9.4 and real estate at 8.9. The corresponding figure for U.S. industry as a whole was 7.9 cents per dollar of sales. In 1982, Argentina invaded the Falkland Islands and quickly overcame a small garrison of British Marines at the town of Stanley on East Falkland. This led to the Falkland Crisis. Both sides never used the word war, although throughout the conflict all the popular press in both countries did. On April 2, 1982, Argentinian forces invaded the British overseas territory of the Falkland Islands. Argentina had claimed sovereignty over the islands for many years, and their ruling military junta did not believe that Britain would attempt to regain the islands by force. Despite the huge distance involved, the Falklands were 8,000 miles away in the South Atlantic. Britain, underneath the leadership of Margaret Thatcher undertook the extraordinary feat of assembling and sending a task force of warships and rapidly refitted merchant ships to the Falklands. The task force reached the Falklands in early May, and on May 2nd, the Royal Navy submarine HMS Conqueror sank the Argentinian cruiser General Belgrano with a loss of over 300 of her crew. After this incident, Argentinian ships remained in port. However, the Argentinian Air Force still posed a significant threat. The Royal Navy lost several warships to attacks from Argentinian aircraft, which were armed with missiles. Its fleet auxiliary ships were attacked at Fitzroy, and supply ship Atlantic Conveyor was also sunk. British forces landed on the islands on the 22nd of May, and after a series of engagements against a well-dug-in but ill-trained constricted Argentinian army, they began the battle for Stanley, the island's capital, on June 11th. Argentinian forces surrendered on June 14th. You have been listening to the This Happened Today in History podcast. I thank you for listening, and I hope that you have enjoyed learning about historical events from the past. Thank you to the following websites for their information regarding today's topics. ThePeopleHistory.com The Battle of Copenhagen at Britannica.com Windfall Profits Tax at Independent.org And The Falklands War at IWM.org.uk the music used as the background track for this podcast is Americana, created by Kevin McLeod on Incompetech.com. 
If you enjoyed this information and would like to hear more, please consider subscribing as this will keep the historical events in your feed in the morning for each day. I hope you have a great day.